Hey there, this is Brian. I'm the host of the Engaging Missions show. If you've found this show for the first time, I did want to take a second to let you know that this show is not currently in production. You're certainly welcome to check out all of the archives, but we don't have new episodes coming out at the moment. However, I did want to take a second to highlight one of the sponsors that sponsored the show a while ago. They're not currently sponsoring the show, but if you're looking for a place to invest in the kingdom, I'd recommend checking out Mega Voice Audio Bibles. You can find them at megavoice.com, or you'll find a link in the show notes, and I would encourage you to just check that out and see if maybe that's a fit for your giving. There's no compensation here or anything like that. I just wanted to highlight them. And with that, I'll get you back into the regular program. Ireland has a rich heritage of Christian faith, but things have changed. We'll dig into that and what God's doing. This is the Engaging Missions Show, episode 165, with Tony Svensson of E3 Partners. Welcome to the Engaging Missions Show, where we are bringing missions home. Here's your host, Brian Ensminger. Hey, thanks for subscribing to the Engaging Missions Show. I'm really glad that you're here. We have a couple of special things today for you, some specific encouragement for me as well as a peek into what I hope is coming in the future, and then I'm going to introduce our featured guest in a couple of minutes. So first, a huge thank you and some encouragement. Over the last couple of weeks or so, I've been incredibly busy. Uh, I've had some travel and some stuff like that, and my wife has carried a pretty heavy load with two young children. I've been out on a as part of a missions conference and then also had some all-week training for an event at work, These have been great opportunities for me, but they've come at a cost, and she's paid a lot of that. So to Catherine, I want to say thank you. But to you as a listener, maybe you're in a similar situation. Maybe you're feeling like... Maybe you're feeling like you're doing a lot of work while somebody else is getting to do a lot of the fun stuff. Take heart if you're in that situation, because what you do does matter. Your faithfulness matters. It matters to God. And I want to touch on this just briefly. There is a spiritual principle here, and you'll find a story that outlines that in 1 Samuel chapter 30. In this story, David and his men had gone out uh, to, to fight a battle. There are a lot of details in that that I'm not going to get into, but they had gone out to fight a battle, and some people stayed behind to watch the stuff while the rest went off to fight. And the principle that he laid out there is that the ones who stay behind share in the bounty of what's gained by those who go and fight the battle. So if you're one of the people who feels like you're staying behind, take heart. What you do matters, and you do get to take uh, take part in the bounty of what God provides. Moving on to what I hope is coming up, I do have a couple of special editions planned for the holidays. I think those are going to be really exciting. And then coming in the new year, I'm hoping to bring some sections and also some perspective from Brian Hogan's book, There's a Sheep in My Bathtub. Brian is a missionary who's been on the show. His book is great. I have really enjoyed it. And he is both the author and the publisher, and he's given me permission to use excerpts of that book in the show. So I'm really looking forward to offering that to you. 
I'm also hoping to have more conversations with you, particularly on social media. So make sure that you connect with me. I'm on most of the social media platforms, either at Engaging Mission or Engaging Missions with an S. You'll find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Google+, if anybody even uses that anymore, and a couple of other places. You'll find links to most of these by visiting engagingmissions.com. That's where you can also subscribe to the email newsletter to have encouragement and inspiration delivered to your inbox every week. That's And then also, when you get that, make sure that you let me know how I can equip, challenge, and inspire you more in your calling. That's what I want to come out of these conversations. It's not just for fun, although I do hope to have fun and ha- have meaningful conversations, but I also want to know what I can do to help you even more. After the interview, I'm also going to have some feedback that I received through an iTunes review that I want to share with you, but I think I've probably taken up enough of Tony's time right now. So with that, we're going to cue the music and transition over to me introducing Tony. All right, let's get started. Today, I am super excited to have Tony Svensson with me. He serves with E3 Partners as a church planter the country strategy director in Ireland. They're pursuing the no place left vision across Europe, the U.S., and also in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And he's been married to his wife, Lisa, now for 14 years. So, Tony, welcome to the show. Good to be here. So uh, one of the things I like to do is kind of start out by getting to know you a little bit. And obviously, I've summarized a whole bunch of stuff in just a couple of sentences. Would you mind sharing maybe a little bit more about your, your life and your family and the ministry? Yeah, absolutely. Me and my wife basically both got into ministry at the same time. We both really felt a strong call into missions. We didn't really know what that meant because neither one of us had really had any missionary experience. We didn't know any missionaries. Just really uh, separately both felt God's calling and entered into, into missions kind of blindfolded and started pursuing God's plan for our life and started going on short-term mission trips and then felt a really strong calling and leading to, to become missionaries with E3 Partners Ministry. And that was about 10 years ago. And so we started off traveling kind of all over the world, doing church planning, leading short-term mission trips, working with indigenous leaders to train up leaders in country, and then kind of traveling back and forth from the states to these countries. And then recently just switched over to, to Team Europe with E3, just really felt a burden as we became more entrenched in the No Place Left movement to really figure out how this works, how you reach lostness, make disciples and plant churches in a Western context. So that's what we've been doing here recently and, and seeing God really do some amazing things. Okay. So I'm thinking that maybe some of the people listening might not actually know what No Place Left means. Could you share a little bit about that? Yeah, kind of the goal is, is is just really, it's a movement that just goes back to the scriptures and, and kind of evaluate what, what did Jesus do? What was his model? What was his plan? What did Paul do through the book of Acts? In Romans 15, 23, basically Paul says, there's no place left for me to work here in this whole region from Jerusalem, from Jerusalem to Elicarim. There's no place left for me to work. I'm going to Spain. He doesn't actually get to Spain. Of course, he's imprisoned <laughs> in, in Rome. But the idea is, is the gospel is going out, disciples were being made, churches were being planted in that whole region and to the point where he felt comfortable with saying that he could, he could leave comfortably knowing that the, the mission there was going to further. And so we're pursuing No Place Left in the same way, taking these biblical principles of simple biblical reproducible models of making disciples and establishing church plants really globally. It's a, it's a global movement that we're just blessed to be a part of. 
Oh, that's great. Now, you, you mentioned before that you have recently transitioned to Team Europe. When I was doing the introduction, we talked about Europe, the U.S., and Tulsa, Oklahoma. Can you share a little bit about the dynamics of transitioning to Team Europe, where you're living, how that ministry works out? Yeah, absolutely. For the past six years, we've we've been a part of Team Uganda. And so kind of what we were doing is on our way back from some of our mission trips is we were kind of stopping off in Europe. And we just began to feel a real burden for the Euro- European continent as a whole and, and what was going on in Europe. We see we see extreme just darkness there, and there's a, there's just a, a real need for the gospel to be kind of re- revitalized in these areas. And so as we begin to really get involved in No Place Left uh, Tulsa in particular— and beginning to try to figure out how we take these principles that we've been using overseas here locally, we begin to see that the Western context is, is a little bit different than it was in Africa. And so we really saw kind of a, a mirror of what was going on or probably what has already happened in Europe is starting to happen in the States. And so we really wanted to become just experts and, and practitioners in these tools to be able to apply them in, in the Western context. And so we just really begin to pray, Would you know, if God would have us to, to be these these missionaries who could use these tools here in the states where would be the best place to, to learn that and and europe seemed to be just a kind of a no-brainer for us and so we went on a trip to a kind of a vision trip to dublin ireland and started meeting with key leaders there and really just were amazed at some of the, the stats that we were hearing some of the imb missionaries the the greater european missionaries are basically saying the republic of ireland is less than half of one percent evangelical born-again Christians. And so they're, they're living in extreme darkness and, and in need of the gospel. And so we began to, to build relationships with people there and found a, a country leader there and Andrew Clements, who's going to help us implement these no place left principles until there's no place left in Ireland. And then hopefully through that process, we'll be able to also apply these principles better here in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma and across the States. So Tony, as I'm thinking about Ireland, one of the things that you had shared was that it's only like a half a percent Christian. And if I remember right, Ireland has a strong history of Christian influence. Did, did I remember that right, or is my memory inaccurate? Yeah, absolutely. Ireland has, has a rich Christian history going back to St. Patrick and probably even before that. And, you know, there's a difference between uh, also Northern Ireland and Protestants and Catholics predominantly in the Republic of Ireland. But again, the missionaries on the ground are, are basically saying that the, the half one percent, there's, there's a real disillusionment within the Catholic Church in particular in the Republic where people are no longer identifying with that tradition. But it has opened up doors uh, to the gospel because there's a lot of people that are no longer holding on to that tradition so tightly. And so they're, we're, they're more willing to be engaged and, and talk about spiritual matters apart from their their traditions that they've known. So we're seeing some some great opportunities for the gospel in, in all of Ireland now. Wow, that's great. So I just realized that we've been talking more about the ministry and less about you, and my intention was actually to get to know you a little bit better. <laughs> Would, as you think about your life and your ministry, I'm sure that over the years you've faced some challenges. You've had some times when you've had to walk in faith or step out in faith. Can you share a time when you maybe faced a significant challenge and then also how God worked in and through that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think this this year recently, we really had to make some serious decisions for our family. You know, being a, a faith missionary, relying on the support of others, we, we've always kind of I had to step out in faith and allow God to just to work and, and show us how he provides and 
I was working as a bivocational pastor for the past three years and, and really working on equipping and mobilizing our church for missions and was comfortable in that role. And, and really just about three months ago, God just really burdened me that, that I was supposed to be doing this full time. And so I stepped down from that position and the money that, that came with it. And so we're, we're back at, you know, raising our support as faith missionaries, which is always a little bit scary, but we do believe God, God provides, you know, as he, as he leads. And so we're, we've just recently stepped out in faith to do that. And we're seeing, we're seeing God really do some amazing things already in that, in that area. Wow, wow, that's great. So as you think about your, your life and your ministry, it seems like God's already been doing a lot of stuff in and, in and through your ministry. Do you have any personal habits that you believe contribute to what God's been able to do in your life? Yeah, I think there's been several areas where I've just seen, seen God really work. One, the fact that I'm even in ministry at all is, is, is pretty amazing. Really growing up, I was dyslexic horrible at, at, in school, didn't like anything to do with public speaking or being in front of people or teaching or anything like that. And uh, what I've seen God really do is in, in my weakness, God has chosen to use me in, in the exact areas where I, I would have never have guessed in a million years that this is what I would be doing. I read a ton, got a master's degree, and I speak in front of people all the time. You know, I'm engaging People in the harvest, you know, out in the, out in the, out in the world evangelizing completely out of my comfort zone. And it's just, it's kind of neat to see that this is where I am and I can only credit God for it. Wow. That, that's great. As I'm thinking about that, you, you mentioned that God's worked in a lot of areas that you would have considered weaknesses. How, how did God begin to build you up in those areas so that you could walk in them? Honestly, I would say probably on oh, my wife for a lot of that, you know, my dyslexia, probably when we started dating, we sat down and we started reading scriptures together. And she's the, she's the one that actually pointed out that, that she thought I was dyslexic. And I just thought I was a bad reader. And <laughs> she would go back and point things out. I was, I, as I was reading scripture and I was kind of reading words backwards and saying things wrong. And she's like, that's not what that says. And so we just began to just read a ton together. And I found myself getting better and better at, at reading, and she really helped me kind of in that journey, and kind of one of the things that I overcame, and went back to school at that point, and was was really had horrible grades prior to that, and then after that started, you know, pretty much getting getting A's, and so it was kind of cool to see how God God used her to to kind of advance me in that area. Wow, that that's really cool. It's so exciting to hear how God worked through her to, to do that, how God uses other people. With that, though, mm-hmm. we are going to need to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to shift our focus more toward the ministry. Hey, Engaging Missions listeners, this is Jim Baker from episode 119. Thank you so much for being a faithful listener to this show. Brian has been a huge encouragement to me personally and to my podcast, Doing Ministry Well. After a long hiatus, we finally have some new episodes up, and we'd love it if you check it out over at doingministrywell.com. I mentioned that I had some feedback for you. This actually came in in the middle of October, and it's from the username here is looks like Andrew Lu. I apologize, I don't have a real name here, but Andrew Lu shared not only is the content of this show wonderful to listen to, Brian makes it easy to want to listen to it as he is a great listener and has intriguing questions. I listen to many podcasts and and some of them the podcast host can get in the way of the narrative trying to be told. 
That is definitely not the case with engaging missions. Brian finds a good balance between asking the right questions, getting the interviewee to go deeper on concepts they know well, but the audience doesn't, and allowing the interviewee to tell his or her story. It's a fine balance to find, and he does it well. So, Andrew Lu, I just want to say thank you for leaving that. That means a lot to me. It's one of the things that I'm hoping that I do well, and it means a lot to hear that I am. So I appreciate that. If you're listening to this and you'd like to also leave a rating and review, you can do that by visiting engagingmissions.com slash iTunes. You'll have a link there to go straight to the iTunes store. You can leave that rating and review right there. I really would appreciate it if you do that, because not only does that help raise the visibility of the show potentially in iTunes, but also if somebody's looking at it and they're looking for something specific, maybe Maybe they'll see your review and that will help them know whether or not this is a good show for them. It's not the best show for everybody. We just want the right people to find this at the right time so that God can work deeply and powerfully in their lives. And your rating and your review might help do just that. So if you want to do that, I would greatly appreciate it. And for Andrew Lou, thank you. That means a lot. All right, we're back with Tony Svensson. I really appreciate the time that he's taken to do this. You may not know this, but we've had some technical difficulties, and he's been a real trooper working through them with me, so I appreciate that. As we're getting into the second section, though, we're going to focus more on the ministry. So, Tony, as I think about living here in the U.S., you've, you've, got, you've had some history in Uganda. You're now beginning your history or your experience in Ireland. How is it that you're able to live here and do some ministry there and begin building up your understanding of the culture, the relationships, that, that experience, while you're still living Living here, yeah. Well, with E Three Partners Ministry, the partners is really we focus on you know developing those partnerships in the countries we work in, and so we really rely on the nationals who, who live there. They they know the culture, they they know the the trials, and they know the the obstacles that need to be overcome. And so uh, Andrew Clement Clements, who is our our national director there, really just talking with through him and seeing through his eyes kind of allows me to live here, and kind of our goal is really to equip up those indigenous leaders so that they become, you know, greater, we become less, because they're, they're really the experts in their own culture, which kind of releases some pressure for me because I don't have to necessarily become an expert. I just pour as much as I can into him and equip him with the tools and help him develop strategy, and of course, along the way, I get to, I get to learn a ton from him and and see how God works through him. And, uh, and I've already learned a, a lot about Ireland and, and some of the circumstances there and some of the difficulties we'll, we will face in the future. So as I'm thinking about this, I would imagine that some people have a, a picture of going over with a team and going out on street corners and I'm not handing out tracts, but doing that kind of ministry. But it sounds like what you're doing is more equipping the body who is doing the work. Do I have an accurate picture of that? Kind of a both and. Okay. We, we equip them with with a strategy, and and it's particularly when we're pursuing no place left, there's 32 counties in in the country, and so our goal is to hopefully have a trainer established in each one of those counties who can equip and train people to be a part of the no place left movement. But then what we'll do is we'll mobilize U.S. teams to go with those different projects to to go into these communities and do do evangelism, discipleship and kind of model for them the things that we want them to, to be able to learn and implement in their country. Okay. And since you started doing this, since you started doing this specifically in Ireland, what's been maybe the biggest surprise you've faced? 
I would say the biggest surprise is just, I think initially, you know, again, when you think of most of Europe, you, you think of really hard soil. People who are kind of disillusioned with the gospel really don't want anything to do with, with church. And kind of what we're presenting, is, it, we present it in a little bit different way where we're, we're building relationships with people and sharing the gospel with them and inviting them into the spiritual conversations and Bible studies. That, that are kind of devoid of some of the religiosity that, that they're, they're expecting. And so I think sometimes we're finding that people are, are more receptive to that. And so I think, you know, when Jesus says the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few, we're finding that the harvest truly is plentiful everywhere. We just have to learn how to engage in the culture that we're, we're trying to, to reach. Wow, that's great. So as you think about that harvest and what's going on, are there any changes or opportunities that you see coming on the horizon? Yeah, I think the changes is, is there's definitely, especially with, with the no class left movement and what we're seeing is, you know, we're seeing again that the harvest is plentiful and we're raising up laborers in kind of a non-traditional way. And, and what I would say is more of a biblical way and that we're releasing authority and equipping the saints for the work of ministry. We're equipping every believer to be a part of this Great Commission work. And so it's not just a few elite leaders we're trying to raise up, we're trying to raise up everyone. We, we always use a lot of times the woman at the well as an example. She was you know, probably uneducated, bad reputation, and yet Jesus uses this woman immediately to go into a village and you know draw that village to Jesus. And so we're basically taking people who we meet in the harvest sometimes who are just new believers and immediately equipping them with, with tools and resources to be able to go and reach the people that they know, their community, with the gospel. And so we're seeing rapid multiplication that way. And I think that's something that sometimes the, the traditional churches are a little uncomfortable with. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you hear you talk about, well, what about heresy and what about cults? And, you know, we deal with those things just like they did in the Scripture. There was, there was plenty of heresy, plenty of things going on in the Scripture, and Paul had to write quite a few letters concerning some of these things, but he didn't stop or hinder the, the gospel from going forward through that process. He just, he just worked through it and, you know, mentored men and women to, to deal with the issues as they arose. And so we're trying to do the same thing. Wow, that, that's really cool. Now, some of our listeners are going to know what the tools and the, the different things that you're offering and training in would be, but some of them won't. Can you share a little bit about what some of the tools and the processes and things that you're talking about are? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think the, the main tool is really just working in what we would call a four fields process where we're, we're basically, it's a framework for doing ministry. We use the, the parable of the harvest where the, the farmer goes out and he sows seed and the seed comes up on its own. And as he sees the, the seeds grow up and come to maturity, he brings in the harvest. And then of course, any good farmer just multiplies that process over and over again with the hope of, you know, obviously multiplying leaders. And so we, we take that framework of, a, of identifying where there is lostness, so sharing the gospel, sowing the seed. As the growth comes in, you know, we're making disciples, uh, healthy disciples, so they come to maturity, and then we're gathering them together and what we would call forming church identity and with the goal of multiplying leaders so that they become self-replicating and self, you know, multiplying laborers for the harvest. That's been, been one of the tools that we use, and then we use, basically, there's tools in each one of those fields that we equip people with to be a part of that and become laborers. And then 
probably the, the most significant probably of all those tools that we use is probably the, the pre-surge or what some people call T4T, the training for trainers, which is how we do small group discovery Bible studies, which really helps in one with accountability is, is a key aspect. So rather than just, you know, getting together and talking about our week and praying for one another and doing a Bible study and, and praying and leaving, there's accountability steps in there where we actually expect people <laughs> to do the things that God has told them to do from the week previous. And then we also have a time where we're practicing tools and then we're commissioning them and we're holding them accountable for, for both, you know, we say fishing and following, uh, encouraging them. How are they going to follow God this week? You know, how are they going to read the scriptures, pray, meditate? And then what are they doing in, in fishing? Who are they praying for? Who are they sharing the gospel with? Who are they discipling? So that when we come back the next week, there's those accountability steps. We're basically saying, here's what, here's what God told you to do last week. Did you do that? And what does that look like? And it's, it's loving accountability because we want to encourage them and help them to overcome, you know, where they're not achieving what God has told them to do. And that's, that's where, uh, in a lot of places, we're seeing multiplication happen, is when we encourage people to, towards obedience. That, that's great. Now, the, the next thing I'm asking, it's a little bit sensitive. I'm, I'm trying to be careful with how I word it because as Americans, we're so incredibly results and success oriented that we, we think that nothing has value unless it contributes to the bottom line. So I, I don't want to paint that picture, but I am wondering what are, what are the kinds of results or what are the kinds of life transformations you're seeing through what you're doing? Well, I think, I think the biggest thing is when people realize the, the priesthood of the believer, that they don't have to be, you know, again, we, 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 nothing against pastors and missionaries and, but we kind of put people like that on a pedestal and, and the average person thinks, well, I'm, I'm not that person. And when they realize that, that God can use them in, in the same way he can use me or anybody else, I think that encourages people. And, and when they begin to see God work through them, it's so encouraging for, for any of us, you know, to see this happen through just ordinary people, people who are going out and, and sharing the gospel with their friends and they begin to make disciples. And I mean, we're even in, encouraging people that, you know, when you go out and you share the gospel and somebody comes to faith, you're, you're going to do the baptism because this is something, you know, this is the field that you have labored in and they're, they're your fruit. And so we're releasing authority to these people, which is, which is strange. <laughs> for, for a lot of these people. They've never experienced anything like that. And so that's been really encouraging for a lot of people just to see people you know, encouraged in that way and be a part of what God has called them to. That's great. And we're probably going to go ahead and put a pause right there. We're going to take a quick break because I think that's going to be a nice lead in to where we're headed next. Okay. Here's a taste of what's coming up on the Engaging Mission Show. Some people will do the in generalized things of good health and prosperity. Um, if people say, no, I'm, I'm completely uh, cool. I got everything. I just ask them if I can uh, just pray a, a prayer of thanks for, for God blessing them so much in abundance. Um, so any moment that I can seize for prayer with them is really awesome. And I don't want to seem like a radical guy that's just jumping all over them. There is a sensitivity of timing with that. But um, God's always there and just really, really seizes the moment. If you enjoyed that, you won't want to miss a single episode of the Engaging Mission Show. Subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher to have it delivered automatically. Visit engagingmissions.com slash subscribe. 
that to engagingmissions.com slash subscribe. All right, we're back with Tony Svensson. And as we start turning our focus more toward you as the listener, I want to focus first on some of the things that are happening in the U.S. We've been talking a lot about what has been going on through the ministry in Ireland, but Tony also lives and ministers here in the U.S., even though that's not what we're talking about primarily today. So, Tony, would you mind sharing with us a little bit of what you've been seeing go on as a part of the ministry here in the States as well? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think we've seen, you know, these these principles that we've been rolling out are, are biblical, and therefore they apply anywhere. And so we've been applying the same things we've been doing missionally overseas here in the States. And we've seen the No Place Left Network really take off across the U.S. And I'm part of the No Place Left Tulsa Network. And it's really cool to see how God has brought so many different people together from different denominations and different ministries and how we're working together to pursue No Place Left here in Tulsa to make sure that the gospel is going out, that disciples are made, and, and even churches are planted. And so we've seen some really unique things where we have, you know, Cedar Ridge Christian Church did a, did a training here for No Place Left. We had 250 people attend that training. We had, I think, seven different churches represented. And after mm-hmm. that training, five different churches had trainings of No Place Left after that training. And, and now we've even got to the point where we've got all these trainings going on across the city, but we're also partnering together. We've got a church plant. Uh, Mosaic Brand, uh, led by Anthony Taylor. And so he's a, he's a church planner and he's laboring in the harvest and, and he's, there's a apartment community that he's opened up and he's had, you know, almost set 1.10 homes open up and he can't mm. follow up with 10 homes. And so we partnered with Cedar Ridge who started a residency program and they're training, you know, 50 laborers to, to send to India. And before they send them to India, they want to train them here. And so we're partnering with Mosaic Brand, a Baptist church. Uh, with a Christian church tying laborers together for, for a kingdom vision that has nothing to do with the denominations other than <laughs> we're, we're all following Jesus together. And we're seeing just stories like that all across the city of, of all of us just working together and, and even putting our differences aside for, for this kingdom vision. And it's just really been just a blessing to be a part of. Well, that is so exciting. A big, a big part of my heart is to see that kind of unity that does cross denominational and model lines, that kind of thing where we're actually operating as a body. So I'm really excited about that. Now, as we shift our focus more toward the listeners, I know that a big portion of the people who listen to this show live here in the U.S. or in North America. They care deeply about missions, but they feel called into the marketplace. And sometimes in those positions, it can start to feel like what, what you're doing in the marketplace doesn't really matter. What would you share with somebody in that position? Well, I would say I would say you absolutely matter. And I would say that you know some people argue about whether everybody's been called into missions uh, or rather just a few. And I would, I would argue that everyone called in the mission and God has given each of you a mission field to labor in. And I think where, where you are at is significant and God has you there for a reason and for a purpose. The question is, is, is are you a one equipped with, with the tools to be able to reach the people that you have influence over? One of the trainings that we do in the No Place Left is we call it 411 and we identify, you know, why we don't, why we don't share the gospel. It's estimated that 90 to 98% of Christians never share their faith or never see somebody come to faith through them proclaiming the gospel. And we're not, we're finding really it's not because people don't have a desire to, but they've never truly feel like they've ever been equipped. And so we, we pour that identity into them. We help them to identify who they can share with. Uh, how they can share the gospel in a simple, biblical, reproducible 
way and then how to prioritize that in their life. And, and we've really seen that make a big impact in this everyday people that are, that are going to work and they begin to see their workplaces and their communities and their families in a different way because they begin to think missionally. But then on the other side of that, I would say I couldn't, I couldn't do ministry <laughs> if these people weren't supporting us. Mm-hmm. And, and it takes, it takes all of us working together to make, to make it happen. So that's a part of our ministry too, is, is supporting the work that, that, that people like myself rely on, on, on people like this to, to support our, our ministry. And, and what would you share with somebody who's beginning to realize that they are quite literally surrounded by the nations? I, I know in my context, my neighbors from Zimbabwe, I have some neighbors from across the street or from, that are from another country. What would you share with somebody if they're starting to realize that and they don't know what to think or do about it? Yeah, I would say I think all of us are starting to see that more and more. And for those of us who have kind of the missional mindset, it's, wow, we just look at it as a huge, huge opportunity. And I think if, if anything else, it, it's just a cry for, are you equipped? Are you ready to engage the nations? Because you no longer have to, you know, kind of the big missionary fear was you're going to send me to Africa. Yeah. And now, now you can reach Africans, you can reach Middle Eastern, you can reach, you can reach the nations right where you're at. You don't have to leave your city anymore. So the big question is, is are you equipped to engage the nations where you're at? And I would encourage everybody to, the resources are available. And, and like I said, the harvest is plentiful. We don't have a, a, a harvest problem. We have a laborer problem. So, so get equipped to be that laborer that, that God wants you to be. Yeah. So let's talk about those resources that are available for a second, because I, I would imagine there are some people listening that are going, oh my goodness, that's me. I don't know what the next step is to take. I don't know where to connect. Where would you point somebody for resources to get started? Well, they're developing on, on noplaceleft.net. Uh, no uh, they're developing some training resources and videos that they're kind of streaming on that on, on one of the links that you can get trained. But really the, the life-on-life training, I mean, find somebody in the, in the network. A lot of the cities across the states already have, you know, networks that are being established that can do the training. And, and we're even sending people out to these different areas so if you if you want to get trained, there are people who can train you, and there's even people that are doing just tons of training online via you know video broadcasting, webcam type stuff. So all the <laughs> all the excuses are, can be wiped away because there's, <laughs> there's a way for you to get trained. You just have to reach out and and, and desire it. Okay, and is there another tool or perhaps a book you'd like to rec- recommend for our listeners? I mean, there's tons of, there's tons of books. Steve Addison has obviously written a ton of books on, on this. There's, there's quite a few resources that you can get plugged into, uh, on the No Place Left website. A lot of orality tools. Uh, I know James Harvey has put a, put a lot into developing orality tools to help, uh, reach the, again, the nations where we're at, which is, which is really cool. And I know he just published kind of an orality book to train leaders and all that. It's all, it's all there. You just have to, you know, if you don't know something, all you got to do is Google it and you'll find it. So, <laughs> so it sounds like noplaceleft.net is a good place to start? I would say so, yeah. Okay. And for those of you who are listening and you're going, oh, will I be able to remember this? Just stop by the show notes, which will be at engagingmissions.com slash Tony Svensson. That's S-V-E-N-D-S-E-N. We'll make sure that we have that all linked up there for you. Now, Tony, we're just about done. Would you mind sharing with us maybe one last piece of advice and a good way for people to connect with you? Then we'll say goodbye. Yeah. We've, uh, you know, we've got a blog where we keep up 
uh, with kind of what's going on in our ministry, com, And then on the E3 Partners website, of course, you can find our, our mission trips under Ireland. But there are, uh, you know, there are a lot of trips on the E3 Partners <laughs> website that you can choose from. I'm partial to Ireland, but, but if God has called you to serve overseas and, and that's a great way to get equipped locally too is, is go on mission and get equipped with these tools and then bring them back to your, to your city. Oh, uh, that, so yeah. That, that's great, Tony. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Well, thank you. Thanks to Tony Svensson for being with us and to you for joining us. Show notes are available at engagingmissions.com slash Tony Svensson. You'll want to stop by and check those out. They look great, and Engaging Missions keeps working on ways to deliver even more value when you visit the show notes page. Make sure you come back next week for a special Thanksgiving episode. And the week after that, we'll be talking to Mike Lewandowski, who went from prison to missions, where he started a church in a tattoo business. Subscribe to the show by visiting engagingmissions.com slash subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And if you have any feedback or suggestions for the show, please email them to feedback at engagingmissions.com. Thanks for listening to the Engaging Missions show. You can find more great content like this along with show notes by visiting engagingmissions.com or by subscribing to the show in iTunes or Stitcher. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back next week.